0: You are listening to Squid and the Ultimate Leafs Fan. Hello, Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland, And an extra big hello to Canadian
1: servicemen overseas.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Squid and the Ultimate Leafs Fan. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leafs Fan, and joining me as always, my winger, Ricky Squid Vive. Squid, how are we keeping today?
1: Oh, we're doing okay, Mike, uh, despite everything, and... uh won any lotteries the last two days or anything, so I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, we better
0: keep going. (laughs) There's no free ride as of yet. But today, we're going to change it up for uh, the listeners out there. We're going to do, and we want to say this, we're going to do sort of the 20, well, it's actually 21 game review of the Toronto Maple Leafs. This usually takes place around Thanksgiving under most normal circumstances, but these are times when uh, most teams will take a reassessment of what they have, where they're at in the standings, what they need to change, and where they need to go going forward with their club. So we're going to offer our views on that today. Usually most people do that halfway before the season, but we're going to do it a couple of games early and uh, get, get, a, get a bit of a head start on everybody. And they can do comparatives against our thoughts. So we'll see how it all plays out. Now, before we do start, though, a couple of things. One, we like to send a message out to our buddy, Stevie Ludzik. He's still waiting for his liver transplant he ran into some complications, has had a couple of procedures since then, and is now in recovery. We know he's a faithful follower of ours when he can listen. So he's listening. So let's see all the best yet. Get better, man. You can fight this and we know you're going to win the battle.
1: Yeah. He's had it going for quite a while. And, uh, you know what? I mean, he's a strong individual and, you know, he's, he's had these, these liver issues since he was, you know, playing pro hockey and, uh, It's just progressively gotten worse, but a a little wrench was thrown into it when he went for the uh, uh, surgery and uh, then he had to get a stent put in and a few other things. And so, yeah, he's hanging in there and, uh, you know, he's a battler. He will.
0: Yeah, we have all the faith in the world and he's Ludsy Strong. And speaking of Ludsy Strong, I want to give a little bit for the Ludzik Foundation, they're offering a t-shirt, $25. You can order it at uh, let me read the decided it. It's at the Le- Steve Foundation.org. They're $25. Our good buddy, Dan Lancione will look after you. And incidentally, I want to give a bit of a shout out to Danny and some of the other volunteers. You know him very well too, Squid. Yep. This is a guy who gives all his time along with other volunteers to help with this foundation. He's helped Deb and I on numerous occasions at our events and a lot of this stuff wouldn't get out done without the help of guys like Dan and some of the volunteers. So big shout out to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, every foundation like this needs people to come in and do that. And, uh, you know, they're no different. And, uh, you know, those things don't happen. Those t-shirts are pretty cool by the way, too. They're pretty cool. Looking. And, uh, well, I'm going to have to order, I'm going to have to order a few and, uh,
0: well, You're to get off that wallet,
1: Squid. Pardon me?
0: Get off that wallet. 25 bucks. <laughs> I got two coming here. Deb and I got two coming here to Florida. We're going to be, they're on their way. So I have them this week and we're going to post them when we get them. So everybody, that again is the steve Foundation.org. 25 bucks. It's one round with one of your buddies. Buy a t-shirt. Okay. So there, we'll leave it at that. And we'll we'll keep you guys updated on Ludzie's progression as we go forward from here. But again, Ludzie, all the best to you, man. Keep it going. I've mentioned on a number of occasions, just on another note about what an avid reader I am, but even through this pandemic, I've become even taken it to another level, Squid. I've just finished, and this one will be near and dear to you, The Life and Times of Johnny F. Bassett, Maverick Entrepreneur of North American Sports. Now, you've heard me say on many occasions that I think he was an innovative sporting genius that was way ahead of his time. This book convinced me of that even more so. For those of you who are unaware, Johnny was one of the original franchise owners of the World Football League, the World Hockey Association, and USFL Football, which is a US Football League. He, all the leagues failed, but the interesting thing that all his teams through his marketing and innovation, were all fairly successful, depending on really how you want to look at it. And they led to the, the merger of the WHA and the NHL. The WFL it was another one that would have worked if they'd listened to him. The USFL ran into an owner. Well, let's put it this way. But once for one selfish and egotistical ways of one owner who shall remain nameless, Donald Trump, the league would have had a real chance to survive. And it's funny, his battles with, I mean, in the book here, the battles with the 45th president were legendary. And it's so funny that the mistakes and the bumbling that went on in the office of the Oval Office were happening 40 years ago when he was running the USFL. So Johnny spotted this guy, called him for what he was 40 years ago, even threatened to punch him out one time when he was abusing a lot of the other owners, which is not surprising and making up stuff in the press. So I don't want to give the story away, but it's well worth it, and it's worth, definitely worth a look. And two other things I'll point out. Number one, which I didn't know, I had, figured he had an idea. He had to I hand this, but he actually offered Wayne Gretzky a contract when he was 16 coming out of the World Juniors in Montreal over breakfast. He watched him play against his son John when he was 12, had John Iaboni do a story on him, the first national story on Gretzky, and followed him right to the juniors. Offered him a contract, but his dad said you have to finish grade 11. Well, by the time the World Juniors were over and the season was over, Gretzky was now the guy. So there's some competition. The number got bigger. But he suggested to Nelson Scalbini that you sign him, and he did. And Paul Kenton and the other guys, he put him in front of all these guys because he couldn't throw his pay structure out of whack. So he offered him to those guys to help them sell their franchise, and he did, and it worked because he's always a business-first guy and thought of the league ahead of himself. Now, I know you, Squid, come into this story – a couple years later with through the baby bulls and maybe you want to relay your dealings with johnny
1: well actually it was the very next year and uh like johnny was bigger in life and like i said he, he was like you have it was as if you have to walk into the room i mean you know the way he dressed and the, the blonde hair and good looking you know gentleman and uh very very nice man and I got to tell you, he, he was a smart guy, too, because, I mean, anybody who could put a hockey team in Birmingham, Alabama back in the 70s and draw 12,000 people a game, uh, you know, on a regular basis, sometimes more depending on the night and who you were playing. I mean, the guy was a genius and uh, and also did some pretty good things uh, in the USFL and uh, the uh, world football as well. So. You know, great for him. He he was a, but he was just a uh, wow. I don't even know what words to describe. <laughs> it's just when he walked in the room, yeah. everybody just just stopped and looked and watched as he walked by.
0: <laughs> well, you got to think. Here's the other thing too: the seven guys that he picked to play, every one of you made made like made big careers in National Hockey League. So he had an eye yeah. for talent. Like this guy was no slouch, just like going on a whim. Well, he and think had of the an eye
1: for talent. Think of the players he had before there: that Napier, Linsman, Langway, uh, just the name of few. Wayne Dillon. Wayne Dillon. I mean, the guys that he brought in there were darn good players, and all went on to have pretty successful NHL careers. So, uh, give him a lot of credit for recognizing talent, and and but more importantly, the way that he did things with his organizations like to make them prominent in the, t- in the cities in which they were in.
0: And I mean, and I don't want to spoil the story for everybody, because it's definitely a book you want to read, folks. Please read it. And uh, I, you know, I guarantee you'll enjoy it. It's, it's really, really, I was a groundbreaking guy as far as sports go. And uh, he, he set the standard for the way we see the games today. And the other thing about it, he honored all his debts. He paid all his bills. And he's just a truer guy. Unfortunately, he was taken by cancer at a young age. And, um, you know, we didn't get the chance to see him. And all we can say is that when he was around in the 70s, if he'd been running the Leafs, like it might have was laid out to be at one point, possibly with his grandfather or his father in charge of the Leafs before all this stuff happened. Who knows how things may have turned out a little differently. But that's what we're here for. We're always here to guess and think and wonder. Now, speaking of which, this day in history, you know, I always like to throw these at you. A small trade on February the 27th, 1989 saw Paul Wallace come from Vancouver in exchange for Peter DeBoer, who had been drafted by Toronto, never played a game in NHL, and went and became a coach. Now you wonder, why would you bring this up? I'll tell you. I said, I'll tell you why. This is for our Leaf fans out there. When I was on my journey in Maple Leafs for all 89 games during the 2018-19 season, I sat down with Peter. And Peter told me the family's love affair at the Maple Leafs was so strong it meant everything to the family, the mom and dad. When he got drafted in the 12th round by the Maple Leafs in the 88 draft out of Windsor, once the initial shock of being drafted so low got over him, he said to me, Mike, getting drafted in the 12th round by the Toronto Maple Leafs meant more to me than getting drafted in the sixth round by anybody else. And that shows you the impact that that club had even on a guy like him. And on the same day, in 1996, another trade, another guy got traded that you may have heard of, we just mentioned him a couple minutes ago, Wayne Gretzky. He went to St. Louis from LA in exchange for, and I remember these guys, Craig Johnson, Patrice Tardif, Roman Vopat, a first round draft pick in the 97 draft, which turned out to be Matt Zulick, and a fifth round pick in 1996 turned out to be Peter Hogan. And Gretzky was immediately named captain of the blues. Oh. so there you go. So there's your, you, see, you learn something every day and there's <laughs> some more dribble for you that I like to throw you every week. Now, before we, now today's show is going to be centered on us assessing the Maple Leafs. Before we start, we want to let listeners know that Squid and I wrestle with this because how critical can you be of a team in first place over on the NHL after 21 games? But under the current environment, it's very difficult to measure how good all division leaders are because they're only playing the same six or seven teams every week. And all these experts, by the way, this kills me. All these experts saying the Leafs are playing in this weaker division. Well, I like them to qualify that for me because last I checked Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, all had star players in their team. And Montreal was supposed to be the most improved team in the off season with all these brilliant moves. We saw what just happened there. So explain that to me. And secondly, the doormats of the National Hockey League last year, or one of the doormats, the LA Kings, are now the hottest team in the National Hockey League. And the other one's the Chicago Black. Yeah, and the other team, the Chicago Blackhawks, who their captain even criticized them in the off season for the moves they made for weakening the team, and it isn't even playing. They're in the playoffs and a number of four games over five hundred. So. The whole point is nobody, even the experts, I'm sorry to criticize you guys. No, I'm not. But you guys are wrong. Nobody knows what we're dealing with. So we're going to look at this as almost like a clean slate going into the playoffs. And we're going to have a look and see how things play out. So let's start from goal out. I'll throw this one at you, Squid. Frederick Anderson, grade him to date.
1: Well, I mean, you know what? Let me preface everything I'm gonna say today by the fact that it's very, very difficult to kind of do this with some guys having only played eight, nine games. That's right. uh, Some some guys a lot more. And the fact that they're not playing 82 games this year and the divisions are different. So let me preface what I'm gonna say about everybody uh, by saying that it's all kind of thrown out of whack as you mentioned earlier. You know, Frederick Anderson, you know, still 11-3-0-2. And, 2, and uh, goals against are, you know, they're not great. They're uh, 2.69, which is, you know, decent. But the, the same percentage is what I kind of always look at with goalies, which is more important than anything else. And it's only at 9.05. And a guy like Freddie Anderson probably – should live in around the 925, 930 range, somewhere in there, uh, which uh, is exactly where uh, Michael Hutchison is, in, believe it or not, yeah. um, at 924 and 2.36 goals against. So, uh, you know, and Jack Campbell, uh, two goals against average, 923 say, percentage. But they haven't played as many games. I mean, You know, I mean, you can look at the numbers all you want, but when you've only played three games and two games, and the other guy uh, has played like
0: uh, He's played the rest, 16.
1: 16 games, yeah. And one, three, and uh, Campbell, two. So, I mean, it's very, very difficult to compare them, but I would say that Frederick Anderson has got to get his save percentage up probably by about I would say
0: 25% uh, mm-hmm. if the Leafs are going to go as far as they hope to. Yep. Well, in my grading, I, I would go as this. I, I, I say, uh, speaking of Anderson, and I'm using the same sort of criteria as you, it's tough. The sample size is small for some of the guys, so you're going to have to bear with us and just view what we're looking at. But he's been good but not great. Most nights making the saves he's supposed to, which is a good thing like to see a little more rebound control out of him and not be down as much as the rushers enter the zone uh, because they, everybody seems to shoot high in him. And I've given him a B-plus so far for the first part of this season. As far as Jack Campbell goes, it's, it's very difficult. Over two games, he won both his games. He's done his job. He's very confident and very competent backup. And more importantly, the team has a lot of confidence in him. You can see they play their game when he's there and they're not running around scrambling. And I've given him a soft B because of the fact that, you know, we've only seen him in two games. And as far as Hutch goes, Michael Hutchinson, I'd have to say under the conditions, he's taken that. He's done a very good job because here's a guy, don't forget, went out on kind of weak terms last year, not doing his job. There was a little bit of panic. When he would come in the net, you could see the way the players played a different type game to keep shots away from the goal. He was fighting the puck a lot more last year. He seems to be getting more confidence, obviously, the more he's played with playing three in a row now. And he doesn't seem to, be, seem to be as much panic mode near to the team. They responded very well against Calgary Monday night. And as I said, I don't see him fighting the puck as much. You know what? He's done a decent job, and I'm going to give him a B.
1: Yeah, I would say... B plus, uh, B, B, B plus for the goal setting 3 0, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. um, I would say it would be what I would grade them at as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be fair. So, moving on to our defense now, we'll start up with Zach Bogosian, and I'll go first in this one to this time. Him is expected. He's playing as expected. He doesn't panic with the puck. He does a good job. He's been a steady influence on the back end. He's given them what they want. I give him a B. Yeah,
1: I yeah, I think probably a B would be my grade as well. I mean, he hasn't done anything spectacular, hasn't been sensational offensively or anything. Uh, he's done a, a pretty good job defensively, but... Uh, come in and kind of solidified the whole defense. Mm-hmm. You know, when they brought them all in together, Brody and him and Muzzin was was healthy. It kind of solidified everything. And he was just another part of that. So I would have to say a B for him as well.
0: So let's go to TJ Brody, your assessment of him so far.
1: I would, you know, I, I, with Brody, I, I would probably be more inclined to give him a B plus. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's been uh, pretty steady back there, and uh, he's been consistent. He, he, you know, he hasn't had, like, two or three bad games in a row and then two good ones, and then he's been pretty consistent from day one right through, and he's played all 21 games. So I, I would have to give him a, a pretty solid B+. plus.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I marked him as a B, and I, I did that because – I'm being a little harder on the defenseman at points because, you know, the, you know, you, you want them to be, but they have uptick, no question. But as far as my grading goes, it took them a little bit to get adjusted, which is not unexpected coming to a new team and new system and all that. And they didn't have the exhibition season they normally would have, but he's given Morgan a little bit more room on the ice. He's fitting his role in very well. And I see he seems to fit into the transition has gone very smoothly. So I give him a solid B. Why are you Moving being so on hard traffic. on the
1: defense, Mike? I mean, the, it's hard for them when the forwards are always up the ice, you know, to those, <laughs> come on, get well, I
0: That's true, too. I, well, I'm being nice. A B is a B. God, I, jeez, I, the only B I had in school was B in the detention room <laughs> tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. <laughs> that's what I would get. So believe me, that's a pretty good mark. So let's move on to Travis Dermott. Now, this may be where I'm getting a little bit harder is here's the question about Travis German. Is he the player they have? Is there room to grow into his role? And I'll throw this one at you. Cause you know, this guy. Now, before you answer, let me finish. Reminds me of Todd Gill. Todd Gill was a player who took a number of years to develop as a solid NHL defenseman. Defensemen usually take longer, especially the young ones. He plays spotty at times. If he takes a deep breath sometime before he makes a play, he makes a great outlet pass sometimes gets over-anxious with the puck, a little aggressive on the pinch, all those type of things. But when they take back and take a step back, and that just comes with experience, they become much better players. My personal feeling is I think that's the type of player that Dermot will become. So I marked him as a C-plus to date so far.
1: I think I'd agree with you on the grade. and I mean, fingers crossed that he's one of those guys Mm -hmm. that that is taking a little bit longer than normal but you know there's some nights where i look at it and i think you know hey this kid's got it you know i mean he can move he can make plays and then there's other nights where it's like oh like send him to the american league and let him play a little bit down there so you know i mean it's hopefully one of those guys that by the time he's Mm -hmm. 25 26 years old that you know he's going to become a regular you know, steady defenseman in the National Hockey
0: League. Well, again, as you know yourself, coming from the game, and you come from junior to the pros, the game eventually oh. slows down a little bit for you so you can make that play. But initially, it's just a blur, and it takes yeah. time to adjust.
1: But, and but I think he that's the space he's in. in the, he's, he did spend a little time in the American Hockey League as well. Correct. So, um, which I think is a good uh, maturation period for guys that are coming out of the... Of junior Mm -hmm. college hockey, uh, before jumping right into the NHL, sometimes a little stop in the American League is not a bad thing.
0: Well, we're going to come up to a couple. We're going to to talk about that now. The next guy is is a case in point that a couple years ago he couldn't get out of the press box, and here he is now, Justin Hall. I'll take this one. Well, I'll go. actually go with this one first. You know what?
1: Uh, I give Hall an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's been outstanding this year. You know, I think he's done probably everything they've asked him to, to do. He's come in and done a real steady job defensively. He loves the puck really well. Um, I, I, lo- I love the way he's played. And, uh, you know, he's got eight points in 21 games. And uh, uh, he's also, uh, I know he's a minus one, but, you know, I don't always look at, at plus minus. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I think he's played extremely well. So he would be B plus A in that range somewhere in there for me anyway.
0: Well, my assessment of his game so far is he's developing into an all-round solid backliner. So there's, there's the one line for it. He's more confident handling the puck. He's hanging on to a split set longer, which is I'm referring to that game slowing down a little bit for the players to get more experience. He's making smart plays. He's getting caught occasionally being a little bit aggressive, but that's to be expected. I like the fact that he hangs on the, hanging on the puck a little longer and he's starting to use that big frame of his the right way. He doesn't have to run everybody out of the building, get in somebody's way. And he's doing a lot more of that this year. And he's being way more effective. I graded him a B plus. Yeah. Our next player. Our next players get is an interesting topic. Mika Letnin, And I'll go on this one. Here we go. Just what you just mentioned two players ago proof that time is required to develop every outing he's getting better a 20 game stint with the martis would do the world of good for this guy slowly he's starting to adapt to the leafs style of play to the nhl style of play and his skills are starting to come out a little bit now he should be playing for the martis but injuries are keeping him in the lineup i've graded him a c plus because he got off to a bit of a slow start but you can see there's def- You can see what why the Leafs were interested in him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with your grade and, and everything else. But I still think, well, as you said, with injuries and, and the pandemic and everything else, I mean, what other choices do they have but to keep him in Toronto yeah. instead of him playing for the Marleys? And uh, I mean, under normal circumstances, my guess is he'd be playing in the American Hockey League. For the first half of the season and see how things go and then perhaps he'd get called up and finish the year with the Leafs but unfortunately because of everything that's going on they've been forced to keep him but in saying that uh, you know I think he's coming along he's getting a little bit more uh, comfortable Mm -hmm. playing in the league and and, uh, you can see it every game it seems like he gets a little bit more comfortable unfortunately when everybody's healthy he usually finds himself out of the lineup, and you know you want him sitting around not playing when everybody gets healthy. And the question for me would be no, uh, or the answer I say would be no. Get him playing. Get him in the American League and playing once everybody gets healthy, and let him kind of get his legs uh, with the North American style down there.
0: Agree, Jake Muzzin. You take this one first.
1: Well, Jake Muzzin to me. Uh, I would say i I'd give him an A because I think he's been very, very good. He's got 12 points in 19 games, which is uh, at a plus six. Which, Muzzin having that many points, 12 points uh, in 19 games is really not what anybody would look at him and say, oh, yeah, he's going to put up you know that many points. No, he's more known for his hard-hitting defensive play And I think without him, you can you notice a big hole back there, uh, in on the defensive side of things at least for very for sure.
0: Well, for him, when he's mucking it up and playing with an edge, that's when he's most effective. And sometimes he tries to do a little too much. But the opposing forwards, I can tell you, they know when he's on the ice, and that's a good thing for the Leafs. He seems to be picking better times to join the rush. And the only knock on him, you would have to say, and it's not his fault. Is he needs to stay healthy. He just seems yeah. to be have these unfortunate mishaps, but it's the way he plays the game. It's not to be unexpected. I graded him a B plus. Next, we will come to the guy Morgan Riley. Well, I guess it'll be me. This is mine to go first with. He had a slow start, but his game is rounded back to form. His skating is back to where it was, and I thought at the beginning there was an adjustment with Brody and the style of play they were trying to accomplish, but he was a little bit hesitant to move with the puck, but now he seems to be me. Here's a guy who's been in the league a number of years now. He's letting the game come to him, but he's more aware who he's with on the ice, it appears, and he's not just rushing every chance he gets. He's picking the right spots. He's getting himself open, and Brody has given him that next level for him, and he seems to be getting more comfortable as the games go along to use that to his advantage and his game is up-kicking almost every game, I've given him an A.
1: Exactly what I gave him, an A and uh, 16 points. Uh, you know, the guy that – I mean, he, he's their best defenseman, all-around defenseman. He's the guy that makes a power play go, the guy that gets the puck up the ice. I mean, his skating ability is off the charts. And, uh, I mean, what? what more can I say? He's an A.
0: That's right. And that's right. And and again, that's foreign language to me, but, you know, A, it's an A. Um, Now I'll move to the forwards. Um,
1: Alexander Barbarinov. Hold on. Before we start with the forwards, let me start by saying there's two players that have over one or around one third of the entire team's amount of goals. I mean, if you look around the whole league, how many teams have two players that have a third of their goals for the season so far?
0: Probably Boston. Boston. Uh,
1: Maybe. Well, that'd be close, but I I don't know, man. I mean, it's like Martin and Matthews have 27 of their 74 goals for. Like, that's pretty scary when you think about it. That means – we're going to have to dissect this pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, we are. but that, that, That'll come in the summary. That'll be coming in the summary, okay? Because we've we, we got lots to talk about. So, Barbanov
1: Should be playing in American League. Uh, I, I don't even give him a grade because I, I just don't think he's ready to play in the National Hockey League right now. And uh, I think he should be playing with the Marlins.
0: Well, I wrote C. Lightning. Same scenario. Best game was Monday night against Calgary. He was outstanding. Uh, you know, it was almost like he just stepped back and said, let my skills, they got me here, use them. I mean, he made that great between leg pass and yeah. moved to himself and made a great little play there. That's the player the Leafs were looking for. But again, 20 games with the American in the American Hockey League with the Marlies would do him the world of good. And again, I did give him a C, but that was with a soft C because – really, he hasn't been given a fair chance because he needs to adapt, and he, he needs to go and play with the Marlies.
1: Travis well, he's, only play, he's only played nine games, and, you know, to me...
0: But he's spot. Uh, he's playing a couple of minutes a night. You yeah, he can not assess that. But, whole.
1: You're right. I would have let to him say, play. see, but not... It's not his fault. I think no, he should be playing in the American Hockey League to start the year to get, you know, climatized into everything, and... Uh, uh, and right. then call him up when he's ready. Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd, actually, he's been pretty good. Um, you know, six points. He's only played 13 games. Getting used a little bit more now. Um, I, actually, on the power play last night a couple of times. And uh, I would have to give him a probably a good solid B, I think, for what he's done with the amount of ice time he's got. And the amount of games he's played, uh, as I said, 13 out of 21. So, you know what? Uh, I I give him a a good solid uh, B for me.
0: Well, I mean, he's been a pleasant surprise. See, winning battles in the corners. He hard. He's hard on the puck. Stands in front of the net. He drives the net. He's doing all it's asked of him. The only thing he's not getting is proper ice time. He deserves to play more. Uh, and we'll talk about that in the summary because I have a couple of thoughts on that. I gave him a C+. Pierre Engvall, off to a slow start, need more out of him. This guy's a big-bodied player, good skater, decent hands. He's got reach. He needs to stop playing in fear, meaning he has to stop worrying about making mistakes that could worry worrying that he's going to end up in the stands with making a mistake, and that's what he looks like. It, I mean, the puck is like a grenade on his stick at times, and what he has to do... He's got to loosen up and play his game like he did when he was first brought up last year. And if he doesn't get back to that, he's only going to hurt himself. He's got to take back and get a better focus on himself. I gave him a D.
1: Yeah, I I would probably look at D plus for me. And and maybe because D plus to a C. And the only reason for the upgrade Mm. a little bit is because of his penalty killing. And he's been exceptional in, in the penalty kill and getting some shorthanded opportunities but again you know I, I don't i can't say this enough that you know a lot of these guys we're talking about the club needs more out of them they need more output they need more offense they need more of everything from these guys and if they don't get it they're going to be in a lot of trouble
0: well, I'd say, well, that's, again, we're going to talk about that in the summary, but uh, that's definitely what we're talking about moving forward if they do advance. And, you know, it's looking like hopefully they will. Zach Hyman?
1: Well, Hyman, uh, Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman keeps <laughs> doing it year after year, works his tail off, gets in. He's usually the first guy in on the fourth check. He plays a good defensive zone game. He kills penalties. Um, I don't know what more you can say. He's got 11 points and a plus 10 in, in 19 games. Uh, Zach Hyman, I would give an A for sure.
0: Well, I, I graded him with uh, as a heart and souler. He makes players around him a lot better because of the fact he's a puck hound. He comes back. He's as strong in his own end as he is in the offensive end. He's noticed when he's not in the lineup. It's very noticeable. I gave him an A. I actually gave him an A+. Plus um alexander kerfoot i'll take this one to start off a great skater great chasing pucks down decent on the penalty kill he's miscast as a third line center i believe if he's play center he should be on the fourth line as a checker energy guy only he's hesitant with the puck when he goes to move it that's not a spot that a third line center should have that deficiency in his game but He's an energy guy. I gave him a C plus by the way, but I just think that he he helps energize lines, but he got to take the pressure off him playing that middle spot in the third line.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I, if anything, I would like to see them maybe move, try him on left wing, maybe on the second line a little bit mm-hmm. or something. Get him get in the game a little bit more. Get him into the, the flow of things a little bit more. I mean, even on the third line, yeah. I mean, it's a four-line game pretty much now for every team in the league, but You know, I mean, he seems to get, you know, the last part of the ice time and being a third-line centerman. I would prefer to see him move up on maybe on the left side and get a little bit more ice time because I think he's capable of doing a little bit more than what he's done. I mean, uh, you know, four goals, seven assists, 11 points. Not bad, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'd give him a C-plus probably because uh, I think he, like, he's a guy that can fly. He's fast. He's got... Good hands, but he doesn't get enough ice time, quality ice time with good the best players to show that.
0: Well, the next two, I think we could we could just send them home. They did, their parents don't even have to come to parent night. Okay, for the next two. Rich <laughs> Martyr and Austin Matthews, both on the honor roll. All you have to do is come pick up their certificate at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those two guys give them an A. Like, if it, was a, if it was a test, it would be 100 out of 100, you know, because those guys have done everything that you've expected from them this year. And those are the two guys that I said have a third of the team's goals. Yeah. Now, of course, one guy's got 18, so that puts yeah. it up. But the other guy's got nine. He's second on the team in goals. But when two guys have a third of your team's productivity offensively, you know that that's that becomes a problem if that continues. Now let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope that we start getting more secondary scoring. But if yeah. we don't, and this training continues, that's going to pose a problem down the road. So give them their A plus plus and see you later. Yeah. And any
0: they, they didn't need to leave an apple on the t- teacher's desk. Okay, <laughs> they got that mark on their own. Ilya Mikhaev. I'll take this one. As the saying goes, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. He maybe leaves hardest working forward with all due respect to Zach Hyman. He's a penalty killing scoring threat. He's hard on the puck, drives the net, great skater, all the tools to have a significant role. He just can't find the back of the net. And he eventually will, if he keeps at it, they stay with him, which I can't see they won't. I gave him a B plus. This guy's got to play to let him go. He's going to work out eventually.
1: Well, yeah, I mean I you know, I give him a, a, a solid B plus because he does so many good things. He, you know, the penalty killing on the fourth check, carrying the puck. He he he's got good hands, good vision. The bottom line is is he's not a goal scorer, you know, and and yeah, would we like a little bit more uh, offense from him? Of course, but he does get an awful lot of really good opportunities. He's just got to learn uh, how to put the puck in the net. And, and if he can ever do that, uh, gosh knows what the hell he's capable of doing because he gets so many great opportunities because of his hard work, his big size, and, and and his ability to get away from people.
0: Well, remember he's one of these guys that's supposed to replace 40 goals that we basically gave up with um, Kapanen and Johnson. So he does have to start finding the back of the net to, to earn his keep, but I think he does other things that are sort of amending that for the current time or situation he's in. If he, as you say, if he can ever find the back of the net, he'll be a dynamite player.
1: Okay. The thing is, the most- with, him, sorry, with him, like a, no. a few of the other guys on the team, too, I mean, it's okay if you have three, four guys up front that do what he does and what Hyman does, and that they don't score a whole lot of goals. But you can't have any more than that. You can't have six, seven, eight guys in that situation that are hardworking guys, but can't score. So, but I, you know, hopefully he'll come around and and start putting it in the net. But from what I've seen in two few years that I've been watching him, I don't think he's a goal scorer. And well, I don't think he ever will be. <laughs>
0: Well, that brings us to the next guy that just fits that point you just mentioned. The most polarizing Maple Leaf forward, number 88, Willie Nylander. Now, last night or Monday night, he was the star of the show. Mind you, it was his guy that scored their initial goal, so he made up for it on the tire and won in overtime. And remember, there's only three guys in the ice, so he drove the net. They need more of him. They need more of him like they did Monday night. Everybody knows that. He knows that. The players know it. He's put pressure on himself. He needs to get his game up a couple of notches. And I think he's miscast with John Tavares, just plain and simple. He shouldn't be playing with him. And I gave him a C.
1: Well, I would give him probably a C as well. And I don't think he's miscast with anybody on this team. I think he's miscast on this team, period. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I wouldn't have given him the money that they gave him. And if I was making the decisions, I think I'd be actively trying to move him to improve some other parts of our of the hockey club perhaps like you can look at I mean everybody you know, look at the number seven goals nine has 16 points in 21 games but don't forget four of those goals were in two games He got two in the first game of the season yeah. and he got two last night he's been very very inconsistent and, and he's a very big-time perimeter player that when playoffs roll around he usually disappears and that's just my personal opinion of him. If I was in charge, I'd be, I'd be doing everything I could to move them for something that could help us somewhere else. Wayne Simmons, a hometown well,
0: guy, motivated to play for the Leafs, was rounding into form, well-liked by the players you can see, knows his role, which is a very important thing. You know, you played the game, so you know the players sometimes don't accept that challenge when they come into league after being stars all their lives. He's going to be a factor when he comes back, hopefully, if he's which should be no reason that he won't be the same, have the same motivation and be the same type of player. Um, he could be a top six player if he wants it. And the way he was playing before he got hurt, hurt his hand, he wants it. I gave him a B plus.
1: Yeah, I got the exact same grade myself and uh, for him. And, uh, you know, I mean, he... I think where his value is really going to come out is is down the, the latter stages of the season and then into the playoffs. And let's not kid ourselves. Our, this team is going to make the playoffs. They may have home ice throughout the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is That is where you're going to see Wayne Simmons at his best is down the stretch when they're fighting for position in the playoffs and, and in the playoffs. I think that's because that's the type of player he is. And uh, not that he hasn't played well so far, but again, there's another guy who needs to stay healthy. We can't afford to have him, you know, missing uh, 11 games out of the first 21.
0: Well, and the other thing too, is I'd like will bring it up in a summary, is the fact that uh, Anderson from Calgary, the defenseman, he was taking his liberties with Matthews last night and ran him into the boards after the short breakaway he had. Not going to get away with that with a guy like Simmons on the ice. And then he just was trying to manhandle matthews every chance he got so I, to right. me you got to have that little bit of an edge out to let these guys know you're going to be accountable and you're going to be on notice if you're going to play like that you're going to get it back there's nobody in the bench right now that's capable of doing that but when simmons comes back there is that player that will send that element of notice so that's yeah. where his right. role will really come in
1: I agree with you on that. I thought Austin handled him pretty darn good last night, quite honest with him in front of the he net. Did, but he
0: can't, get, but he can't well, get caught up with those guys. You know, he can't get caught up in that nonsense with those guys. Like he's got to give them a shot back and stuff like that. But he's gonna, They're going to come after him, and he's got to get used to it. And it brings me to the next guy, Johnny Tavares. He could be the second or third hardest working guy on the team, but he can't find the back of the net. He needs new line mates, it appears to me. He cannot be doing all the heavy lifting and getting pounded like he is because they're not gonna, he's going to have nothing left by the end of the season. And he's too good a player to not start scoring. I gave him a B for the effort he's making. And, again, he's the type of guy. You're going to get his point. There's almost a point in game average for him, which he has since the day he arrived here. But there's more to give. But they've got to give him a better cast of characters to play with.
1: Exactly. And I, I gave him a B plus because of his, his work ethic and the way he's getting abused in front of the net and so on. And, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the guys like he did before to go in and get the puck and then let him do, do his magic. And a lot of times he'd be the first guy in the puck, get it to someone else and, and make plays. But, but they're two lines made. So Simmons comes back and he's healthy and playing the way he's capable of, maybe on the right side with uh, Tavares, maybe you put Kirkfoot up there Instead of wasting him on the third line. Uh, And maybe that connect. I don't know. I don't know what the right combination is, but a guy like Simmons would be perfect on his right side. And uh, then another good left winger on the left side. But uh, because Johnny can't do it all by himself on that line.
0: Well, where he's most effective is when guys are going to the net and he has nobody in his line that goes to the net. And so the problem is, and it cuts the ice off for him. And it's a shorter ice surface to begin with already with a player of his ability. They're gonna watch him closely. He's got even less room to move and they're on him because they know there's nobody going to that dirty spot and they just have to shut him down because Nylander's yeah. circling around the perimeter of the, the rink and they don't have to worry. No,
1: it, it's it's the he way is. it is.
0: It's the type of player he is. You can't knock yeah. him because that's the type of player he is. So that's, and it brings yeah, us to the guy a high end,
1: He's a guy with high-end skill, but doesn't like to play. I mean, he was in front of the net when he scored that goal last night, which there was 10 guys in front yeah. of the net. He wasn't the only one. But, but for the most part, he's a perimeter player. And if you're not going to go into yeah. those areas where, you know, you look at Matthews last night in front of the net, taking a, a beating and, and giving it back and, and wanting to score a goal in, in those dirty areas. And, you know, that's what it's going to take for a guy like Nylander to be a better player. But I don't see that happening. So Jimmy Vesey, Johnny
0: Vesey, Vesey? No, no, Jimmy Vesey, Jimmy Vesey. Well, I'll, I'll say a disappointment. Uh, I, I can't believe the ice time he's getting. He was on the power play last night. So I, I boggles my mind on that one. Yeah. He's been given so much room, so much rope, and he hasn't taken advantage of any of it. Maybe it's just bad luck. I, I don't know what it is, what they're seeing in him. But I suspect once the team gets back to full strength, he'll be watching the games from the stands. I gave it a D.
1: I think there's a pretty darn good chance. I had him at C minus, just trying to be nice to, to these guys. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he he worked. He's got good speed and, and hands, but again, I don't. I just don't know if he's a full time good NHL hockey player. Uh, and you know, he hasn't proven to me so far in his career that that he is. So. I mean, you know, you, you can't get the ice time and the opportunities that he's gotten and have two goals and one assist in 21 games. And then you're also minus five on top of that. Um, I just, you know, I'm sorry. I don't, I just don't see that as a, a guy that warrants that getting more ice time.
0: Well, he's been invisible most nights. You don't even know he's yeah. on the ice. You have to check the lineup to see if he's even there. So, you know, I that's... You know, and it, it speaks for itself.
1: And he's also gotten quite a bit of power play time. You know, well, on top of easy. his, his uh, even strength. So, I mean, you know, you look at that and you go, well, obviously he's not taking advantage of the ice time he's getting in the opportunities because he hasn't done anything. And, you know, yeah. that's...
0: Well, let's move to the next guy then. Let's got to, Let's go to the bench boss, the guy making all the decisions, Sheldon Keefe. Assessment of him so far to date.
1: Um... Well, I haven't talked to him, so, (laughs) you know what? He's in first place in the entire NHL, so. It's tough to criticize. I give him an A+. Uh, Whatever he's done uh, has kept this team from, first of all, from losing two in a row. I don't believe they have all year. And uh, so, and they're first overall in the entire league. So whatever he's doing uh, is working. And I think bringing Malhotra in uh, as one of the assistants has really helped him a lot too. Because he, here's a guy that played in the National Hockey League for quite a few years and knows what it's like. And, you know, because before they had a, a whole coaching staff, none of whom played in the National Hockey League. And I'm not saying that you have to. To be a good coach but it certainly helps to have one or two guys on your staff that played in the league and know what it takes in order to win
0: but
1: i think he's done a a great job
0: yeah i mean it's 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 tough to i I think he's done a decent job and it's i mean there's been a couple head scratchers moves but i mean it's tough to nitpick when your team's in first overall in standings but just again the power play which was tops in the league they had a bad game Monday night. They come Wednesday night and he switches the whole thing up and the lineup again, which didn't work last year and took away that grit from in front of that. I, I don't understand that reasoning. I don't understand why he stuck with Vesey. So, and again, we don't know everything that's going on. Cause as you said, we haven't spoken to them. So there may be some other factors that are involved in all these decision-making, but why he stuck with Vesey so long and he had him playing in the power play, why he doesn't, spot that, I mean, one thing I think he does exceptionally well is he adjusts to the flow of the game with his bench movement and his player movement. He does do an exceptional job of that when he senses the players on, he matches, seems to have that right tick to move, like last night in the overtime when he switched up Marner and Nylander with Tavares and uh, uh, Matthews, and it worked, mm-hmm. you know, right away to throw a little bit of offspin to the to defensive side for Calgary. But, you know, there's just a couple of things, you know, you're wondering again, you know, why he isn't giving more ice time, as an example. Uh, go with him when he's going hot and let him play. And there's just a few other things. But overall, I, I, I gave him an A because, you know, he's, he, his team's in first place. He's got them <laughs> playing well. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to criticize the guys. That said, but, again, we don't know. It's not comparing apples to apples because, again, they're playing the six same teams all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, so is everybody else in the league. I mean, That's they're right. all playing their own divisions and um, but I, I don't know. I think you're right. There's a few question questionable things, like you say Spezza, maybe he should be moved up to the third line and Kerfoot sent back down to the fourth line. Vesey, VC, whatever you however you pronounce it, put him on the fourth line or you know, uh, sometimes some of the moves you look at them and you shake your head and go, Well, like, why? Why, you know, but again, we're not there. We're not inside and we don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. We don't know who's banged up a little bit, who's not, that sort of thing. And, and the coach has to make those decisions. And I think so far, uh, overall, you got to give them credit for, for making some pretty darn good decisions along the way.
0: So let me throw this at you in the, the So Here's a couple of things I've come up with. I mean, I think that one of the things that does work now, there's Thornton has got to be in this equation somewhere because you have to play him as we've talked about because you're bringing in the veteran and he's he's matched up well and he has been a very pleasant surprise so far. But Matthews needs that full-time gritty winger, meaning Zach Hyman has to play with those two guys full-time. I don't think that just should change at all. You want to slip Thornton in there occasionally, you can and move him around because he does move guys around as we've talked about. I think John Tavares should be playing with Mikhaev and Travis Boyd should be given a shot up there to play with him. They both go to the corners. They both chase pucks down. They're both hard on the puck. Those are the type of guys that Tavares has played with his whole life. Those are the guys that he's made names of as the careers have gone on. As I mentioned last week, Matt Molson, just go and ask him what he thinks. Uh, that third line, I think then you've got to move Spez in that third spot for a while and give him a shot to play there. Let him have a shot with Willie and see if Willie can work with him maybe because, you know, he is more of a four-checker spez and going after the puck like that, and maybe that will help him. On the other side, it's anybody's guess, whether it's going to be Thornton for a while, when Simmons comes back, you got to find a spot for him. But what you're dealing with currently, you would go with that. And then the fourth line, you're going to have Kerfoot, maybe even put Kurt Fred on the wing with Spez and take that center pressure off of him. And on the fourth line, you've got a mixture of the rest. And I would like to see a guy like Kenny Agostino, who played for New Jersey and is a National Hockey League level player who's playing very well for the Mars for the last two years. I know there's a difference, but let's give him a shot. Let him come up and play because maybe that's the type of grit you can see that, you know, maybe, maybe can be the angle from last year that came up and wowed everybody for a while. And Adam Brooks has got to get a shot to play. You know, Patan can fill that role with us. So they got lots of depth to use. You can tinker with on that fourth line. And, well, you know, Barbanov. We're assuming that he's probably going to get sent down to play for Marley's for a little bit when the opportunity arrives. But in the meantime, he's going to get fit in line, but he will get a spot there eventually. But the top six I would like to see shaken up that way.
1: Yeah, they probably have four or five guys in, in the American League that are probably going to get up here at some point this year, I would think, and uh, get an opportunity to play. Like you say, uh, Agostino and, and a few guys like that that are – veteran guys that have been around for a while, have played a little bit in the NHL, some in the American League. There's a lot of those guys down there and and I'm pretty sure that probably some of them are gonna get an opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, you hope that they work out, but uh, there's just some, uh, the chemistry has to be right on every line too. I mean, right now, I don't know what it is with me, but my thinking is you cannot take Zach Hyman off a line with Marner and Matthews because they seem to mess so well together. So why break up something that's working extremely well by putting Thornton – well, now Thornton has played with them uh, in the nine games that he's played. He's played uh, the majority of the time with those two, but – I just think Zach Hyman's a better fit there right now.
0: agree with you. I, and I think that that's uh, one of the things, hopefully down the road, listen. not saying that Thornton shouldn't play. Play him on the power play because he's still – listen, the guy thousand games in the National League, like, I mean, he knows how to play the game, okay? Yeah. So he's not going to – he <laughs> hasn't forgot how to play hockey overnight because he's gotten a couple of years older. But he's a little bit slower. But when the puck comes, he still knows what to do with it. And he's going to make good passes and he's going to make good decisions. He's still going to do that. But you can't have, I found, as we talked about before, the first four or five games, you found that, uh, you know, Matthews and Marner, they were looking for him all the time. And he was getting in their way, actually, because they circle around and they're moving. And that's when they're most effective. And that's where Hyman comes in because Hyman chases the puck down and Hyman will go to the front of the net. while well, those two are doing their magic around the, yeah. and around the players, uh, the opposing guys, and that's what opens things up. And because eventually what happens, it gets moving so fast, they take their eye off 34 for one second and then it's in the back and they're going back to center ice for a face-off.
1: So yeah, I, I, I would agree. To that go. would be that would be the only line, Mike, that I would not take her with. I, I would keep those three together yeah. come hell or high water. It wouldn't change for me. Um, other than that, I would start looking for other combinations amongst the other uh, nine forwards, but I would not even touch that line because They play so well together.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, there's our assessment, folks. We've um, come to the end. We've got a summary. Any final thoughts before we let these guys go? They can send us their thoughts and what we're thinking. I'm sure
1: there'll be some kickback. I I like the fact that they're in first place, not only Mm -hmm. in the division, but first place in the entire league. And, again, it's kind of a weird season where – you know, they're not in their regular division, uh, division where you've got some pretty strong teams, more, or I guess, better defensive teams than some of them that are in their division right now. But some of the teams that are in their division that are in other divisions are benefiting from that as well. So, you know, this year. So, you know, who knows? We could see Boston, Tampa, Toronto, and somebody out in the West in the final four, <laughs> in the semifinals. Gotcha. And uh, you know, so uh, that'll be pretty cool. It'll be great.
0: Well, we'll definitely watch with some real interest uh, coming up tonight. You'll be seeing uh, one of the games that everybody is looking for is a marquee game with Edmonton playing Toronto and McDavid Matthews going head to head. So we'll see how that one all plays out. So guys, we want to thank you again for listening and tuning in. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and most of your where you listen to most of your podcasts were available. We'll be coming out to next week with another new guest. We won't have to listen to the whole time again. We will spare you that sort of pain. So again, great talking to you guys. Look forward to having you guys next week. We'll talk to you then.